coming at you from Scratch and Wolf Studio. It's that time again to rake across the internet. It's your very favorite Werewolf the Apocalypse podcast. As always, I'm your host, Porter. Sitting to my left, the man who put the can in can... What? It's Daniel Tyson. Hey, everybody. Man, I am just running out of these, huh? <laughs> That's different. That one was different. Yeah. Not sure if it's good or bad, but I'll take it. You know, I don't script these, and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How's it going, Dan? It's going. And no Tom today. No, no Tom today. Uh, he is on assignment. He's on assignment now? He is? He, he took my assignment over? Well, you did such a shitty job. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Well, you know, I had to make up for the intro. But hey, um, we are not alone today, though. Of course not. You know, blast from the past. We we went deep <laughs> in, into the, we, we, you know, to back in time to the guest cages. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I, I forgot this one existed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, it's it's been far too long, but we are thrilled to welcome back our old buddy Strides. Strides, how the hell are you doing, man? It has been forever. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm finally glad to get out of that uh, trunk you shoved me in. Get the dust, you know, off my shoulders. Look, man, it was it was the uh, guest appreciation trunk. <laughs> sure, it had your name written all over it. Literally, it's right next to the feeding tube and the air holes. Uh, at least they had that. I, I will agree with that. Welcome back, Strike. It's, <laughs> it's awesome to have welcome you. Welcome back. <laughs> Glad to be here. Oh. oh, it is. It is. It has been far, far too long. <laughs> the, the trunk we shoved you in. Yep. Well, now that we got that settled, <laughs> uh, you know. Listen, the guest host pens are. Uh, it's a very special place for a very exclusive group of people. So. You're and welcome. I got the trunk and not the pens. Well, I got gotcha. you. The trunk was in the pens. Oh, oh I couldn't tell. The, the holes weren't big enough. Well, you know, we just we didn't we want to keep you guys. It's like the fighting fish. You can't put them too close together. Oh, the betas. It was what they're called. They're, they're actually well, really cool. More like omegas, right? <laughs> uh, fine. I mean, <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, because they'll they'll fight to the death. No, exactly. That's why we have to keep the the pens are full of the trunks. It, it's it's a whole system. Listen. You want to run the podcast? <laughs> um, no, I'm good. Thank yeah, you. You're doing great. I've, <laughs> I've got enough on my plate, so you can, you can do the rest. Oh, that's nice. It's nice yeah. having friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always. And speaking of, if um, you out there listening would like to be uh, better friends with the podcast, there are plenty of ways you can do that. And, you know, friends help each other is really what I'm getting at. So <laughs> Scratch our back. We'll scratch your back. I'm not touching your back, sir. I shaved today. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> this is what happens, folks. <laughs> if you want to help us out, of course, we'd be very appreciative. Um, one of the best ways you can do that is through our Ko-Fi, uh, ko-fi.com slash Rage Across the Internet, where you can uh, make a one-time donation or a uh, Take one of our membership tiers, which is neat. Do that on the monthly. We have a little rewards that we, we, we like to give back. Yes, give back. It's not a uh, a payment. It's 
No, it's rewarding. A, it's yeah. Thank you for helping us. Here's a nice thing for not from our heart. But you've heard a lot about those, of course. You know the uh, NPC of the month, the postmortems. You know the the game night, the, game the, nights or game team, game team, yeah, not game night. That's a different thing. Right. That's for everybody. And then the uh, movie, movie nights. nights. Yep. Which uh, Danny missed back in January because he was too important. I was too busy. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, I can't breathe poor people there. That's not what happened. He's like, you have to host it by yourself, poor you piece of shit. And I have the receipts, so he can sit here and deny it, but... The receipts? That's right. <laughs> no. Always keep them receipts. Right? <laughs> but oh, but seriously, if... um, And Strides, you're, you're a backer. Uh, you, um... How, how oh, yeah, are the rewards? I, I really enjoy the NPC of the month. Like, I'm getting a... A, a collection of backlog that I saved to uh, a, a, a Google Drive for inspiration. So the next time I have the free time to run a game, and you know I ran it for what nearly on two years, I'll have plenty of NPCs to pull from. About the only thing, uh, you know, I have to make slight changes so that I'm not just ripping off Porter. But great inspiration. Um, and then as far as movie night. I really enjoy hanging out and watching movies that I normally would not sit down and watch, <laughs> that but the truth? are still <laughs> enjoyable. And we mystery science theater 3000, that, that stuff. So it's, it's a blast. It's fun. I look forward to it every month. Oh, yeah. a good time. I, I would never ever in my entire life, watch any of these movies on a normal situation. Space. Cop? And if we, okay, except space. <laughs> And if any of y'all Neil Breen lovers, um, you know, Porter is definitely the one to, uh, you know, donate to because he likes his Neil Breen. Don't yeah, let him lie to you. We haven't watched a Neil Breen movie in, oh, it's got to be over a year now. That's because the um, disc drive on my computer burned out. Oh. <laughs> so, like, my collection of fun, shitty movies cannot be used because they're all in physical media. Hmm. <laughs> That's a bummer. Right. Otherwise, Neil Breen would be there a lot. Well, not a lot, because there's only so many. And it's a national treasure. There's only so much worm taint that can be passed <laughs> around. <laughs> Play the game of how much did Neil pay her. <laughs> I'm feeling less stable. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But hey, if you are not in a position to, to you know, um, offer donations, we understand, because times are tough and... Oh, fucking things suck. Yeah. I mean, we get it. Life's hard. But you can help by getting the word out, by sharing the love. Tell everybody about this awesome podcast, about these idiots that make you laugh once a week. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully more than once. Uh, and honestly, if we only get one laugh an episode, I know how I feel about that. But tell them about the hijinks. Get them into Werewolf. I mean, use us as a resource to get more people into Werewolf. That's part of this, too. That's a big deal. You know, so there there are different ways you can help, and that's that's another way, spreading the word, giving us likes, reviews. You know, all of that's important. All of it is under the umbrella of support, and we greatly appreciate it. All of it. It's true, and to you know everyone who is currently supporting, you know, uh, we don't say it enough. So thank you so much. And you know, that's. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's what we got today. Like I don't. Yeah, that's about it. But you know, uh, you bring up NPCs. Uh, strides and that would have made an amazing segue if, if we waited we, to the end of it right <laughs> <laughs> oops 
I'm sorry, but that's one of your one of your you know Patreon tiers. Did you get an NPC of the month from Porter? And I always look forward to it. I may not always say much, but I always appreciate it. Like what? I will always remember Roxy. Nice. Oh, Roxy Softhouse. Yeah, the Softhouse. That was a double feature because that was the Softhouse sisters that right. month. Which I don't know how much you want to give away on that one, but why not? Because I mean, it, it was a long time ago. Well, but we, yeah. can, we can talk about all sorts of stuff. But I mean, that is the episode today. Is we are talking about it. We're doing another storyteller kind of world building episode. And we're talking about NPCs, um, friendly and uh, not so much. Motivations, the support cast they have, whatever. Blood types, hopes and dreams, what's in their diaries. Do they do the toilet paper hanging uh, underhand or overhand? (laughs) That's how you tell a real villain. (laughs) Overhand every fucking time. Only, Only a real fucking monster. Goes underneath. Yep. Tell you what, if you, if you guys, if anyone out there, you're out on a date and you're back to the other person's house, you go to use the bathroom and that shit's underhand. They have a murder dungeon somewhere in the vicinity and you get the fuck out of there now. That's just safety and it's good sense and it's common sense and you're welcome. It, it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Okay. Rage Let's across start. life decisions. Yes. My favorites. That's the best unofficial segment we do. Rage across life segment? The, the rage across the, life, yeah, decisions. Life, the life decisions or whatever we call it at the day. Yeah, uh, of the day, yeah. That's why it's unofficial. We don't have a real name for it. It's just whatever's in our heart. Changes daily. <laughs> so, yes, NPCs, whether good guy, bad guy, motivation. It's a big deal to me to know some of the motivations behind these. Well, motivation is everything, but I, I feel like you got more to say, so I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I mean, I, but I look at some of, like, especially like the villains, and I, I want to bring certain ones up, but I'm trying not to because, again, they are still part of postmortem. So you mean Vermilion? Yes. Just, just say Vermilion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, but he's, he's still a thing. He's still a reoccurring thing, and it's still a problem. I can I can bring us further back to a character that you don't really know. Okay. If maybe that's going to be more helpful is possibly is um in, over the course of the games and eventually those in the who will be sticking to the postmortems, which by the way, there may or may not be the bundle for the hard and the easy on our Ko-Fi right now. Oh, over the nice. time this airs. Nice. I know what we were talking about. We, just, we haven't made a decision yet, but if we're gonna do what it's about. Yeah, price. we made the decision. It's just here. Yeah, here. Just haven't done it yet. But now, right. as of now, we probably is. Yeah, it'll be like a month and a half in the future. So <laughs> lucky us. <laughs> that shit's been on sale for a while. You missed out. Uh, <laughs> Par for course. Thanks. Well, hey, now you know, but you don't need it, man. Yeah, what are you talking about? Say, you get them every month. <laughs> You've already got that I'm, shit. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, for those who are listening. Fair enough. He's yeah. he's the stand-in for, for the common man who now feels ripped off because we are messing with time and space on these recordings now. I'm sorry. What was it? Schroeder's podcast? It's Schroeder's podcast. <laughs> Is it alive or dead? It's a cat. I don't care. Exactly. It's, it's an, whoa, whoa. 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 Rage whoa. Across the Internet does not have that official stance on cats. This is on the internet, sir. Don't, <laughs> I don't want to have that associated. 
Oh, Views and opinions of strides are strides in strides is alone. <laughs> I had a cat for 18 years. I was very fond of my cat. She passed. I won't replace her. Uh, see, I like cats. Don't don't listen to say, this. What's man. wrong with cats? Uh, I like it when they have a job. I don't like it when they push it off my counter and look at me. But that's their job. <laughs> no, it's not their job. Their job is mice. All right. Their job is to make sure you keep that counter clean. I mean, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. <laughs> and that's all we're going to say on that. All right. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm going to get away from this scandal. <laughs> we won't survive that shit. No, Whoa. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> lover of all animals bug cats anyway <laughs> moving on oh <laughs> uh, sorry anyway. guys you might need to cut that you might need to cut oh that. no we can't now that was oh, yeah. that was just too entertaining it was funny and now it's now it's stuck you made it funny so it's in <laughs> we just gonna have to give your address out after the episode <laughs> oh fuck my life <laughs> one two three mistakeville <laughs> yep bad news boulevard Okay, so September hits. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right, so you were mentioning you're going back a little farther. Yeah, we'll go back. Uh, And in fact, this was at this one my very very first recurring enemy. Mm -hmm. And he stuck around for years and years and iterations was um, Kane Gaiafo. This is how you can tell it's a year one kind of thing because Gaiafo is just the most generic name of all time. Yes. Might as well have called him bad guy or Jean-Claude Villain. But, well, yeah. To bring that one back. Worm foe. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yep. Kills the foe. Kills the foe. Well. Um, imagine that. <laughs> he kills his foe. That's amazing. <laughs> Fucking David breathes the oxygen. Claws at the him. worm. Oh, no shit. <laughs> okay. Took a pee once. Wow. <laughs> As a deed name, that's the one you want. So yeah, we obviously is a first, you know, first year character. Is is this the one who also is currently? You met him as Kane swipes, swipes at Moonlight. Moonlight. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we're talking with the same guy here. Well, we're not because it's a very different version. Oh. One's a black spiral dancer, and one is not. Fair. <laughs> They're both an asshole, though. Yeah, it's incorrect. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's not has, incorrect. Danny just has hard feelings, everybody. The character's I, not an asshole. He's kind of crazy, but he's not an asshole. Well, Jaeger Gorfis holds grudges. That's fair. And so does Danny Tyson, apparently. <laughs> yes, Danny Tyson also holds grudges. The point is, um, you know, this was this was an early character. Again, motivation is, I mean, it's everything. Absolutely. And not just in writing, but I mean, just in the world. You know, the, the why of something is almost... Always more interesting than the what. And if you don't have the motivations for your characters, you're already in trouble. Yeah, you're you're making them less real. Yeah, well, yeah, you're you're going to be stuck in cardboard town. Yeah, when I used Kane, when he worked at his best, you know, he was motivated solely by vengeance. See, this this was a character who part of his you know particular level of craziness. So, like, in the most successful iteration of this character, he's motivated by revenge. See, his particular level of black spiral craziness um, revolved around him keeping the heads, or the skulls, rather, of his packmates in a uh, gym bag. Right. That I remember. Right. Yeah, and he would, he would treat them as if they were alive. You know, holding conversations with them, consulting them on pack decisions. They were alive. Like, if you joined his pack, he would he'd cut your head off. It was your initiation. <laughs> 
Nuts. <laughs> That's a great pack to join, I tell you what. Right? I mean it's I mean it's long term. <laughs> it is a long term commitment. <laughs> it's the last pack you'll ever join, I'll tell you what. Well done. All right. Well done. But see this also became his Achilles heel because once you figured that out. You could hold his pack hostage by getting a hold of the right. fucking gym bag. Yeah, that's his weakness. Right. You know, and I wanted him to be that that kind of, I mean, not Zizek level. No. But like under Zizek a little bit. Like that, like single guy is enough of a threat kind okay. of deal. So, so not that level, but getting there. Sure. You know, he was that, like if he shows up, just him, we're already scared. Mm-hmm. You know, which was fun. Like I had him, he had a... Uh, chainsaw mm. a fe- he fed a chainsaw with a silver chain right. on it you know so like i get to the point where like they'd be walking by a sears in the hardware department and i'd say the word chainsaw and the group would get nervous oh well yeah i can see why but, but, like he's not even in the story like they're, <laughs> they're shopping for like oven mitts or some shit and i'm like <laughs> you walk by the chainsaw display and they're like oh god <laughs> but <laughs> Hey, hey, but that's when you know you've, you've got the horror part down. Oh, right? You, 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 got, you were in their heads at that point. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But this was the thing, back to motivation, is, you know, they had an, a chance encounter with this guy. And they broke one of the skulls. So now he's he needs revenge. For the death of his packmate. Death of his packmate. <laughs> Which he already killed. But that's not, <laughs> this is not how this works. <laughs> to him, they're alive. Right. And in like that, mo- and right there, that was motivation, was just vengeance. And now it became, it was a personal vendetta between this pack, you know, the Silent Howl point of fact, and King Gaiafo. Hmm. <laughs> I remember you telling me that story before, and we probably brought it up on the podcast, but it's been a while, but still, something like revenge, something that simple can still very easily be the motivation and how good it can be. Well, you look at how revenge often motivates actions in our world. Oh, it's all the fucking time. So there you go. You know, people get wronged. People get angry, even when they're not wrong. You you know, I mean, look. (laughs) We're only human. You killed my packmate. You already killed him. No, no. Yeah, not to him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, you, you remove the fact that the thing's already dead from it. Because to him, that's immaterial. Right. You murdered his packmate. Lenny, he can't talk to Lenny anymore. You no, killed Lenny. Lenny. Right? <laughs> Poor, Poor Lenny. Yeah, he's such a good guy, too. <laughs> Lenny Fleabag. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Confirm for Bonar. <laughs> nice. Stolen. Stolen. Right here. You heard it. <laughs> Dibs. I did. I, I totally put a dib down yep, yep. on Lenny Fleabags. Got to got to respect the dibs. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll let that one go because you know he's he's hooked me up with plenty of stuff to go over. Uh, tell you what, turnabout's fair play because you'll get the write up for him eventually. Oh, fair. But um, I won't have to do any work. Right there, you go. No, but uh, here's here's the Bonar hand to mouth. Yeah, I remember you saying that one. That was one of my favorite one. Bonar names. It's a real one. Uh, he'll show, no, he'll right. show up eventually. Okay. <laughs> He's part of the hex mark pad or black skies. Okay. Huh. That's a cool one. <laughs> How about you, Stride? Do you have any like reoccurring antagonists you use a lot? You know, I tried, but then they the players kept killing them off. 
So <laughs> I, I guess the only real one that I had going on was um, something they encountered very early on. and But it's more of a Lovecraftian horror. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, that, that two-year arc took them on, on a flight with that thing. Cameron McGiller, he was a like crime boss, but he wasn't your, he, he owned companies. And on the back end, he was a crime boss that was recently turned. And uh, he was trying to strip mine the part of, of a mountain. And his motivation was the fact that um, his new sire wanted what was in that mine. And it was an, uh, an ancient relic from, from Europe that had been brought to the United States early on. Um, but it was guarded by a um, vampire that was very old um, and had chosen to hide in the mountain to get away from everyone. And so this, this vampire was super paranoid. He uh, also was fearful of letting his master, his master down. So he was doing things to the town folk to um, get his way, basically being a bully boy. You know, he wasn't treating the the workers properly. He definitely did not give a a living crap about the mountain like they were strip mining it because he knew that anything he had couldn't deal with that vampire. But if he blew the top of the mountain off and got down in there, it didn't matter when the sun came up. And uh, the player, one of the players had background with him. And when he found out he was going to try to use the player's mate against him to make the pack go down and go fight that thing and bring him back the sword. And he was going to give this, you know, he was going to give the person's mate back in response to the sword. But the players were like, fuck no, we're going to go hunt him down and kill him. And that, that's what they did. And I was just like, well, they, they didn't find out any of this information. They just tracked him down and killed him. I was like, well. There we go. You know, I, I think that's um, <laughs> I think that's a great next point to get to, actually. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like your, his motivation was all intimidation, but right. they weren't intimidated, so it yeah, fucked right. you over. Right, because they're like, oh, he's just a vampire. Well, I and, mean. And I, I really, really, at that point, I was like, well, I need to, and this, this is me, I was like, how do I make recurring villains that aren't either a Lovecraftian or be easily dealt with? You know what I'm saying? I do. And, and, I, and I, I struggled with that. I'm going to be honest. I struggled with that. Well, I feel like it's a good thing that we're on a podcast. It's supposed to talk about that today. <laughs> so let's, let's dive into that for a second. You know, how to make a recurring antagonist, because here's the thing, you know, it, it's a lot like, and it strides, he's an expert on this, playing with a cat. You know, you dangle the string or whatever, and, you know, the the cat is going for the string, or they're getting the laser pointer, like, I'm going to get that fucking laser, man. I got, I, but then, like, the cat can't get the laser, so eventually it just realizes it can't win and quits. Uh-huh. I'm phrasing it that way. I know. Intentionally. <laughs> I know. The cat decides it's just going to go, oh, fuck this. I'm not playing anymore. Got to let him catch it once in a while. But that's the thing is, yeah, if, if you take an antagonist and it keeps getting away. Yeah, the, your, your players are never going to pursue it. Yeah, they're going to get irritated. They're, you know, but eventually, 
But at the same time, if they don't get away sometimes, they can't be recurring. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, like you're bringing up their strides. It's like something that they can't just take care of. Well, the fun thing as a storyteller is you get to put your fucking thumb on the scale. You get to say, no, he, um, you didn't kill him with that hit. He has a health point left because and you guys away. don't know better. <laughs> and yes, now he's running away. Or, you know, the levee can break that you're fighting nearby. Or, you know, the kinfolk's house is a thunderstorm and the tree hit the thing and now the house is on fire. And it's like, do we kill the vampire or do we save mom and dad? Fuck. <laughs> You know, I mean, these are just examples I'm pulling out of my ass here, but these are, these are things you can do. You know, another thing is, is you make the threat larger, not maybe not from the one character, but maybe from, um, surrounding things. Let's do a great example, calling back to just two months ago in the postmortem. Okay. Which part are we talking about? It's the part where you lost your fucking arm. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where where you had your your recurring villain vermilion right but then son of a bitch there were other characters there as well right so vermilion had a job to do and he took the package if you will for those of you know so not to give anything away mm-hmm. to people who are behind or are looking forward to that bundle and he left he did his job his job is to get thing from point a to point b yep so he didn't give a shit about you but there were other people around who did? Who did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or were, who more, were just more than happy to spill blood? Yeah. And you were in the way. Yeah. And you were specifically told you were going to get your throat ripped out, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were flat out told that. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was a... You were like a big talk, it and wasn't then like even four a hours later. It wasn't even a foreshadowing thing. <laughs> it was meant to be a foreshadowing thing, but no, it was, it was a straight up, this is what's going to happen. And that character was like, if I get out of this cage, I'm going to rip your throat out. That is going to happen. And you're like, whatever, stupid. <laughs> and that's what happened. And at the same tempting time. Fate. So again, like, I said tempting fate. Yeah, not a great idea. Yeah, no, it never is. But there's an example because that it allowed the recurring antagonist to leave. Yep, like that's the opportunity he needed. Right. And it wasn't like, I'm going to run. It's like, I don't give a shit about you people. But there are other factors now distracting to keep that, to make that distance possible. I like that. I like, again, the the metaphor of putting your thumb on the scale. Because you have a story for that character. They have a role to play, especially down the line. You can't just kill them off immediately every single time. Well, and we go back to motivation, too. And this isn't specifically about motivation. I mean, it it is a little bit about motivation. Mm -hmm. But again, it's about getting out of cardboard town, right? And making your fully fleshed out characters. I'm reminded of... um, of a skit, uh, a skit, a little bit that Louis C.K. did forever ago. Hmm. Um, he was, you know, talking about how, um, you know, he had friends who weren't like from the cities or whatever, you know, more rural or the suburbs. Like, oh, you can't go into the city because they'll kill you. <laughs> and Louis's like, well, you, people have shit to do with their day. They're not just standing around looking for <laughs> lost white people to kill. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I've I've definitely driven down that wrong street in San Diego and been like, uh-oh. But then no one cares because it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. I mean, like, look, they're being being um, from 
and still to this day is close to Detroit. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, there are there are places you don't want to be and times you don't want to be there, but by and large. By and large, yes. In the middle of the, you can, you know, again, they're not waiting for lost people to kill. People have things to do. <laughs> and that's, you want to keep that in mind with the villains, too. And this, this is where we relate to this. You know, people have shit to do. Every character has shit to do with their day. Mm-hmm. Be that the mustache twirling, I'm going to put you on the train tracks because I'm old school villain. <laughs> to, um, you know, the master of the challenge at your cairn. They yeah. have shit to do with their, they're not just waiting around for you to walk up and talk to them. Hmm. Or to get in their way. They're not, the villains that's sitting there waiting, you know, tapping his watch going, where the fuck is this guy? I'm supposed to fight him at noon. <laughs> I've got a haircut at 2.30. What's going on here? You know, How dare he snub me? Now right. I'm really, I'm really angry. I'm going to kill him a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is, you know, that character in this case, Vermillion had something to do with his day. He wasn't, his it, purpose in the story wasn't to fight you or be quote the boss. Right. His point was to get this thing yep. and take it to this other place. And you happened to be in his world while he was trying to do that. Yeah, I was going to say we were just in his way. Right. It wasn't even a, oh, they're going to get me. It wasn't like Superman's coming and I hate Superman because I'm Lex Luthor. No. no. It was, you just got in the way. Right. And then once he saw it, it was... How can I use this to my advantage? But that's the kind well, of villain he too, was. Well, that too, yeah. He took that to his advantage and then saw that, hey, okay, now he's being taken care of. And by that we mean, yes, my throat was ripped out. <laughs> but remember, and here's the thing, and it's a minor spoiler for that story, is that had you not have damaged the package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They wouldn't have attacked you at all. Right. But you were that not important. But? (laughs) You, yeah, you brought that on yourself by getting involved. Well, at the same time, you knew what was going to happen. Of course I did. (laughs) And that goes back to motivation for you as a player. Good fucking point. (laughs) Good point. Shit. Again, get on these postmortems, people. If you (laughs) you really have a chance, this one is... It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's a late, hard and easy. Yep. It's the it third to second to last episode. Third to second to last episode? I know. Third or second to last. Something like that. Yeah. But either way, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a great example. Having, you know, and again, going back to having your, building that, that anime, that reoccurring anime that isn't an old god, you know, or, or Cthulhu-inspired <laughs> and Lovecraftian. <laughs> I, hey, you know, I feel I, I feel that Werewolf caters to that very well. No, I agree. I wasn't well, giving you shit. You just you you specifically said that it wasn't a Lovecraftian type monster or right, right? Because <laughs> so like I'm, I'm on your side here. <laughs> I had a hard time. Uh, I'm like, oh god, back to the drawing board. No, and I get it, but I mean, and that becomes the thing is you have to be willing to put your thumb on the scale to plot in a way that they're not going to go down because either they're not going to have that knock. And there's a time and place for that knockdown drag out fight. Because again, you've got to end that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you're going to get the cat's going to get bored and walk away. If you don't eventually let them get the thing. Right. Right. But you, you want to make that an eventual thing. You want to build up that hate. Oh, you, big time. You know, I mean, I, I go back to Kane, you know, and I say how that all started. The, the vendetta <laughs> all started with the death of Lenny. Yeah, we're, just, we're, we're, we're yeah, we're 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 sticking to that name now, you know. So what did Kane do? Well, Kane was a pretty high-ranking Black Spiral. 
you know, he's one of those guys at the hives they play when the Cubs are playing. One of them gets to be Hunts in the Night. One of them gets to be Kane, you know? Nice. So what did he do was he tracked the PCs to their cairn or to the relative location, went to a nearby hive and attacked the cairn. Hmm. They fucking burned it to the ground. Jesus. He killed my pack mate. Yeah. Wow. I mean, revenge. Talk about burning. That hatred will burn you up. Right. And here's the thing is while that was all going on, it was neat because that was in that continue. That was the uh, scratching wolf. Hmm. So you had the Umbra mosquitoes running around skewering black spiral dancers and its little needle nose part. I don't know, insect parts, but you know what I mean? The stabby bit. Stabby, stabby. Yep. <laughs> it's like a shish kebab, right? There's like four spirals on this giant mosquito's wow. fucking nose, you know? <laughs> yeah, everyone's doing their part. But remember, that's the fucking, so there's all wildlife. It's all grasslanded shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're literally, the fucking island's burning. You know, the, the fucking main willow tree is on fire. That's so awesome. Right? <laughs> I and, mean, it sucks, but it's like, it's a cool image. Like, yeah, it's a set piece, right? Uh-huh. And while this is going on, there's Kane over, like, over here, and we'll see him over in the corner. And Rune Alteron, who was the, the PC who actually did the damage to Kit Break the Skull. So he actually killed the pack mate. Okay. Right? It was him that did it. Is cut off from his pack by a couple fallen trees, burning trees, one-on-one with the two of them. Oh, shit. Right. And, of course... Rune Altron is totally out-fucking-matched. So all he can do is hold them off and try to run. You know, jam tech on the chainsaw and try to escape. Hmm. And that's how that happens. The pack had to escape. You didn't get this Cobra Commander shit. You know, the cast says, I've been foiled again. No. Hmm. This dude ran for his fucking life and got lucky. And Kane's like, what? <laughs> it's what you get. You killed my brother. So instead of the cat eventually catching the little raise, the little laser, that laser's going to get, trying to kick the cat in the ass. <laughs> the cat's like, oh, hell no. But there you go. That's a way to do it. Yeah. Jesus. And, and here's one, and not, to, and not to spoil anything from the upcoming Chronicle Shadows and Tall Trees okay. through the postmortems, but you guys, your last encounter with Vermilion, mm-hmm. he didn't run from you, did he? No. No, you ran from him, right? Yeah. So there you go. But again, we're, we're trying not to. Well, yeah, I mean, there's spoil anything, but there's there's context there. Well, certainly, but that's not the point right now. Right. Point is, is when you know I'm writing that scenario, I wrote it in a way where you're running from him. He's not running from you. Mm-hmm. You didn't turn him into a cartoon character. You were in a position where maybe you could have fought him, and won, but maybe that's not the right play. No. No, no, I, and I think we were pretty smart about it. But again, that's it's for the future. But it's right. it, it's the example, you know. How how do you do it? Well, again, you keep you keep your scenarios in mind. You you frame it in a way where it's not Yosemite Sam or Cobra Commander running away, going, "I get you next time." <laughs> God, I miss those cartoons. They don't make them like they used to. They really don't. It's just to give like what the original Power Rangers. Otherwise, I read a repulsive. Yes, exactly. Wait, Why wait, do you know that? Wasn't she dressed like Little Bo Peep? Uh, yeah, kind it of. Just, it just it just popped in my head. All right, I'm I probably you, wrong, but no, I think you're right, and I think you just watched it yesterday. Okay, <laughs> I, I doubt it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up for strides here. 
I don't know if he's right or not. <laughs> I have no clue. But no, wasn't wasn't she dressed up like little Bo Peep? Uh, kinda. She yeah, she had like the weird uh, things over her head. And, yeah, 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 weird and, like, head the dress staff and, or the yeah. shepherd's staff or whatever. And, and so, so my question, my follow up, and actually reoccurring villain, by the way, uh-huh. who is more of a mastermind, but okay. that doesn't work in game. I mean, it it does, but it doesn't. Okay. Because that character in game, actually, before before we get back to that, um, can someone tell me why she was dressed as little Bo Peep? No. Other than Japan no, is no. weird sometimes. Japan is weird sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll accept that answer, but I was hoping that there would be a more relevant one than let's make a let's make a kaiju monster making villain. I just remember she had like one of her minions or whatever. His name was Goldar. That's what I remember. I remember like the golden. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember dude. him. He was a monkey that wore like a gold night suit, right? Close no, enough. No, he, he, uh, we're digressing. Anyway, <laughs> have you listened to this show? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like the balls of you to say that to me. <laughs> of course, we're digressing. <laughs> <laughs> we're pulling up childhood memories that I've very deep, deep. Well, it's, 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 here's the worst part. I was just old enough to age out of Power Rangers. Like, I could have watched it. You know, there were other people in my grade watching it, but it was that, that's for kids, man. Like, just that age. Oh, I was, I was the... Well, you were, you're, you're a few years younger, so yeah. you were in the sweet spot. Yeah, I was yeah, too old for it. I was the sweet spot. It was the perfect age for that. I have vague knowledge because I was too, I was too adult for Power mm-hmm. Rangers, but I was never going to miss an episode of Batman the Animated Series. And somehow... <laughs> I just, you know, that's fair. It's okay to watch X-Men and Batman, but you, you Power Rangers is for babies. Absolutely. Don't, don't don't forget Batman Beyond. I hated Batman Beyond, but that was a few years later. Dude, now now we're really in the tall grass. <laughs> <laughs> Batman Beyond was just some punk kid in a suit. Bruce Wayne trained his mind and body. He became a finely tuned weapon. His mind, he's the greatest detective alive. Terry McGinnis is just some butthole who stole a suit. (laughs) I love when people have the Batman versus Superman debate. I love it because it's so funny because everyone's like, oh, Superman would kill him. Like, okay. But Superman doesn't kill. Right. So one, Superman doesn't kill him. And two, ever since... Well, I think it was, what, 1963? Oh, this I'm... isn't going to be true. Go on. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it's since the early 60s in the comics, Batman and Superman have fought 17 times. I might be off on number by one or two. But of those times, the amount of times Superman has won over Batman is zero. Batman has beaten Superman every single time they have ever fought. I want to fact check this because I think... It, it's not that I think you're wrong. It's that I think you've lucked into being correct. I, I don't remember where I saw this, but. But also, I am too lazy to fact check you. I just, but I believe, I'm just over here stirring the pot. So. Yes, right. Batman just outsmarts <laughs> Superman every time. I'm not arguing that part. I'm arguing your numbers. Okay, again, my numbers might be off one or two, but... I wouldn't even say one or two. Okay, three but or I, four. I, oh, my God. <laughs> so, so the Rita Reputa thing. 
This is um love it, love it. This is a good example of the of the mastermind type uh, archetype. Okay, you know, and that's all well and good. Okay, and yet obviously you can totally do that that kind of thing in your games. You know, someone behind the scenes is pulling is at the top of this little pyramid and is pulling the strings. You know, I mean, the easiest you could go with someone like Harold Zettler dealing with a Pentex game. That's way way at the top, mm-hmm. of course. So we don't we're not really going to use that example, but. The options there. Right. You know, um, yeah, there can be someone pulling the strings of the shit that's going on around you. Uh, the problem is in terms of recurring antagonists is because we're not watching TV. We're playing a game. Mm-hmm. Your players don't know that that character is responsible for shit until you eventually unveil them. That's fair. You know, yes, I've been in charge of it the entire time. And if you haven't thought that through, it becomes super fucking hacky and everyone rolls their eyes and gets irritated. But still, like, in your mind as the storyteller, mm-hmm. you've written this awesome thing. These enemies, you know, this guy behind the scenes who's been pulling the strings and how satisfying it's going to be for your players to finally confront them. But they don't know any of that shit. So it's not. It's not satisfying. Not yet. No, it won't be. Because they don't know. Okay. He's going to go, I've been in charge of all of it, and your players are going to roll their eyes. More than likely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they, yeah, no, you're right. Especially if they don't know a fucking thing about them. Right. It, it comes back to that shit. And, and we've talked about this before is that, you know, well, the silver and things don't have access to the tribe book. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and the thing about masterminds is if they're a good mastermind, you won't even know. Exactly. You, you should never know that person in the first place unless things have gone, you know, astray. Very astray. No, and you're exactly right. And that's the thing. You know, so if the storyteller does decide they're going to unveil them and how satisfying is this going to be, it's not going to be satisfying because the master, they didn't know this guy existed. So for all they know, you just pulled this out of your ass. This isn't satisfying. Unless. Nope. But go on. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking like it's, it's just one of the characters you met a very long time ago. It was a, just a quick run in. You only met him for a second. And it happens to be, it was him the whole time. Well, my issue with that stuff is like, okay, Danny, why would he just be there that one time to see you? I've mentioned this to before. To set everything in, in, in motion. You see what I'm saying? I've mentioned when he can before. easily put When he can easily put somebody else in, in, a, in that position, that would be far less detrimental to him. I, and I, I agree with you. And I've mentioned it before. It's the Scooby Doo thing. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I was I was gonna let you speak uh-huh. and go. Yes, Danny. I too have seen an episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> See, God damn it. <laughs> it, it! Especially the old, the originals. If you ever watch it, the very first or second uh, character they introduce you to is the one who's been wearing the mask the entire time, and now it's even in like detective shows now i look at it like uh the show castle i love that show by the way but nine times out of ten it was the very first or second quote-unquote just suspect suspect yes it was the quote-unquote suspect the entire time that's who the bad guy was i mean the formula is there right (laughs) you're right it is the formula is there it's been working forever why fuck with it? But I think it works 
better for a TV show, as as Porter was saying. Than agreed. That, actually, a hundred percent agreed. Yes, but just throwing it out there. No, right, but yeah, that's exactly it. It doesn't work. Like it works for TV because mm-hmm. you can go to a different scene and be like, ah, "This is what I'm doing." <laughs> Scooby Doo. Yes. Also, also, my brain went to Gargamel, and I'm like, that show would have been better if it was more than just the one antagonist. I don't remember Gargamel. From the Smurfs, dude. Hey, remember the Smurfs? I remember. I never watched it. I know what they were. Go Smurf me that, a beer. That was that was before Danny's time. Hey, right? yeah, it wasn't you before. Probably, no, you're probably right. It wasn't before you and mine, but it was before his. You Smurf everything. Go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Smurf me a beer. That was uh, a line. Not from the show, though. <laughs> that was a line from another show about that show. It was probably Family Guy, frankly. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, this verse would have been more effective. Like, oh, no, there's a dark spell. Who's behind it? Well, it's Gargamel. He's the only <laughs> other person. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Like, your whole world is just you and yep. this shitty old man and his cat. So, the only option is Gargamel did it. <laughs> I didn't even think about it that way. He's the only bad guy ever. He's like the only other person. Uh, but, and, and that's why you need to have more than one bad guy in your story. Right? Sure not. <laughs> it's, a, it's like you go back to Adam and Eve. Like Eve's like, who let the toilet seat up? I wonder. I wonder who did that. <laughs> How'd you know it was us? <laughs> Really? <laughs> right? It was. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Well, let me use my own manipulative power here. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes, I was watching oh, um, Throw Mama from the Train recently. Oh, I haven't seen that nice. forever, right? And, and it's that scene, you know, in the beginning, because, you know, Billy Crystal, for those of you who've not seen Throw Mama from the Train, you should check this out. But, you know, Billy Crystal, he's teaching the creative writing course and. Mm-hmm. There's creepy Danny DeVito going, what did you think of my story, teacher? Deandra. And, and he's, and he's <laughs> like, yeah, right. And he's like, well, it was a murder mystery, right? It was three pages long and there were only two characters and one of them was dead by the second page. Oh, God. So. And it's like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Who done it? Well, I. <laughs> Uh, you haven't figured it out by now. <laughs> Two characters, half of them are dead by now. I think I got it. <laughs> so yes, yeah, important to have a variety oh, of yes. <laughs> so let's let's kind of flip from like villains to the good guys. Okay. What kind of motivations are you looking at there? Well, interestingly, Stride, you're gonna love this. Uh, my buddy Danny and I were talking the other day, and I hope you know what I'm doing right now. I think so. Okay. And, and you know, you know, Strides, I, we, we have a little, people ask often mm-hmm. things like, what would a silver feng do? Or what would a get a fenris do? <sighs> right? Like, like, it's all a hive mind. And, you know, right. we've tried to discourage this kind of thing. Yep. So now the answer is. Well, hold on. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, we're going to get, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, we're talking about this and like, maybe the answer is going to be, well, which silver fang from now on Yep. to, to illustrate that the, the tribe is not a hive mind and people have personalities and the answer is going to be different for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. <laughs> and so now I think now our answer is going to be, well, what would a woman do when she saw a spider? <laughs> right. Well, which I, woman? Exactly. Because how ridiculous of a fucking question is that? Right. Well, does she live in Australia or in Canada? Because oh, I know I women in both, and they have two different responses. Exactly. That's kind of the point here. Yeah, that is yep. exactly the point. Is you she know? going to scream, or is she going to get up and go, oh, that's just a spider, and squash it? Or is she not going to care? Or is she go, hey, that looks like the one that I got tattooed on my arm. Fucking it's people are different. It's doing a good job keeping away the insects. Right? Good job, spider. Or it's an invader, kill it. Or I'm a scared. Or that's the thing. It's like no one's a fucking, um, you know. Well, we hear that, you know, that type of thing a lot. And it, it, it's, it, but it's you can't. It's not, nothing is a hive mind. No, everyone right, is an right. individual. It's, it's it's what would this character do? Right. So that's da- that's always important. Yes. And so, Danny, when you say, "How about the what is what is the motivation for the quote good guy NPCs?" Yes. No, I knew. What I did was you just do to me? <laughs> I was going that direction, but it it was more. I guess me asking that was more of what kind of motivations have you used specifically? Oh, oh, well, that's a different question. And okay, I, but at the same time, it was good because balls unbusted. <laughs> A little bit, because <laughs> there are still certain things we need to say often. It's true. So Fair enough. So we get both of these in there. We'll see. That's what she said. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> wow. She said that, too. Oof. <laughs> Check, please. But, yeah, because, you know, thinking of, uh, back on it, you know, every NPC I had always had a separate motivation. And how the characters interacted with them would dictate the direction they went. Like there was a Shadow Lord who was kind of working with like a group of informants, right? And he's an, an ally notionally to the, to the players, right? And he has an argument with the SEP leader. We need to find out what's going on at this, at this, this bio lab. SEP leader's like, we ain't got the time or people for it. And he's like, well, guess what? There's a, group of Garu who are passing through and owe us a favor for using our moon bridge. How about we put them on it? And the step leader doesn't agree because he doesn't want to cause an issue. Well, what does the Shadow Lord do? He goes and sees the characters subtly hints that they should probably go look into it and that they would consider it a favor and the Sept would, would you know, be very grateful for it. What do the players do? They go and do it. And when they come back they find out the step leader is pissed Everyone's angry at the Shadow Lord because they lost a pack member, um, and they really didn't have to do it at all. See, I like that though. Twisted manipulation shit, right there, man. It, it, it was definitely, but, but that's shit. what Shadow Lords do. I mean, not all see, of them. Oh, let me rephrase that. But in this instance, the Shadow Lord had a motivation <laughs> that he felt was beneficial to the Garu Nation as a whole. It, it would see, and, and then that's go. what he was looking for. A, he wasn't, that was a it good wasn't save. just the sap. <laughs> it wasn't just the sept, but it was the Garu Nation as a whole needed to know. And of course, the information they uncovered came back towards the very end of the story. Well, and, and that's actually to do, um, to take a Shadow Lord character, another example, you know, with the Shadow Lord going in a different direction. I'll bring up the, the instance of Butchers in the Shadows. I think I know what specific instance you're already thinking, but well, we'll find out if, yeah, uh, if I'm right or not. We'll see. Who uh, 
was sent to the sept that he was in to spy on uh, the elders there. And in particular, a, a, a certain yet a Fenris with um, a pheromone of clout. <laughs> well, Butchers in the Shadows gets there. He's there not very long, like days, you know, realizes, hey, this get is not a moron. He's not this big idiot charging the battle. He's a pretty smart guy. So what does he do is he goes to said get motivated purely by self-interest <laughs> yep. and says, hey, I was sent here by these shadow lords to spy on you specifically. That's the exact situation I was thinking of. Yep. Why? Because it's better you know now than you find out in like a week. And you're going to kill me for it. You're right. <laughs> Again, motivation. Absolutely. But I like how you use that because that shadow lord specifically, mm-hmm. very self-motivated. True. Right. I mean, but that goes back to different motivations exactly. and different characters. And, you know, I, it's always good to have a different. Now, I will tell you the player characters hated every single Shadow Lord they ran into for the rest of the game. That'll happen too. Every <laughs> single one. And it wasn't even his fault. You know, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom to that hard. Yeah. He hates Shadow Lords. Yep. Because of Jude, mm-hmm. who had never done anything bad to you guys. No. That's my favorite part. Is Jude was always super cool to you guys and kind of had your back beyond reason. Oh, yeah. He's he just never wasn't. Every time, but it, he's just never been upfront about it. Yes, that's the problem. Therefore, Tom hates all Shadow Lords. Oh, yep. uh, fun times. Tom right? hates, yeah. But Tom also hates most get, too. It's true. <laughs> I mean, I, we should say Crimson Ghost does. That's not yeah, Tom. Yeah, that's fair. Crimson Ghost. Tom's character, well, Crimson if, Ghost. If you had to deal with your your Geta Fenris, I don't think I would like them either. What? Are you talking about my Geta Fenris? No, no, no. Uh, the name escapes me right now. Whiplash? Whiplash, that's it. Yeah, Whiplash. Whiplash is great, but beyond that, what about Shadowboxer? Shadowboxer is amazing. Shadowboxer is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> whiplash will always stick in my in my head yeah. as that get i you know you need to be trained by him but you don't want to be trained by oh, that well that's yeah yeah look at that motivation yeah that's a big part of it yeah and i guess yes danny let's let's go to whiplash for motivation mm-hmm. because and you know hey i <laughs> i hate to break this down but maybe you have to sometimes i, I don't know but, you know, yeah, Whiplash on the surface, you look at him and he's just like kind of a sadist, <laughs> like a brutal motherfucker. Yep. But that's not. Carries a necklace full of ears. But, but see, that's that's not at all who he is. And that's no. not his motivation. No. That's just a front. Yeah. That's that's the persona he needs to put on to do his job properly. Right. I mean, he's still a hard ass. Well, yeah. But like, he's not. He still backs it up. Right. Like, he, he's not getting hard when he lights you on fire. <laughs> That's not, he's, he's lighting you on fire, not for his pleasure, but because he knows inevitably in the field, you are going to be lit on fire because you are covered in fur and that is flammable. <laughs> and when that happens, he needs you to know how to react and not flip out and go, Oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? And maybe get yourself and others killed. Right. You have he, that buddy in the background yelling, roll, roll. Right. Like he, he needs you to know what to do already. So he's going to light you on fire in a safe place where people can use mother's touch and there's water around and you won't die. 
you might think you're going to die, and that's important. You need to think you're going to die. Yeah. Because otherwise you're not going to react properly. So, yeah, he wakes you up by dousing you in gasoline and throwing a match on your ass. Because when that happens, you know, like when you're in the field now, you don't go, oh, my God, what's happening to me? You go, right, this is what I do. You keep your fucking head together, you stay alive, and you come home. Yep. That's his motivation. And I, I remember you telling me that specifically. I, I don't remember if, if this was part of game or not, but it's that's what you see up front. What you don't see is when he's done, he goes outside the bond and just starts throwing up because of the things he knew he just had to do. Yeah, there was a point in his, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you get over that after a while. But yeah, in, in the beginning, yes. The shit he'd have to do would make him sick, but he's doing it to keep Garu, to save Garu lives. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? There was another one. I'm trying to remember. It was a Jamie Moon song. You couldn't dodge this knife. He goes, what, what do you mean he couldn't dodge this knife? You've been throwing knives at me for since I was a kid. Oh, oh yeah. Look at oh, that. Oh, have I? Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can dodge <laughs> knives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly how about that yeah <laughs> that's that's crazy how you knew how to dodge all those because since you were 12 years old i've been throwing them at you <laughs> yeah that, that's that's a hell of a motivation well and let's let's go to is um not all we've been saying the words good guys and bad guys like anything should be that fucking simple it never is Let's talk about, you know, friendly NPCs who are not really friendly. Okay. You know, um, your rival packs, things like that, where they're not, quote, villains. They're not of the worm. They're not black spirals. They're just assholes. Okay, so Kane swipes at Moonlight now, rather than... (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to. (laughs) Such an asshole. (laughs) Reese Burns Bridges. Reese, yes. Okay, I'll take Reese Burns Bridges. Or um, I had a pack that I, I rarely got to use. I think I used it once or twice. So they might show up again in the future. They're really not fleshed out. They were called the Joker's Wild Pack. I was thinking the Joker's Wild. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that pack full of Ragabash, whose purpose was to make you look stupid. <laughs> That's their motivation? That was their motivation, was to make the, the PCs look nice. incompetent so they would look better. It's a competition. There can only be one best pack. I like it. I like it. I just... Oh, it just made me think. They're not villains, right? No, but they're just assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but they, their motivation is to succeed. And for them to succeed, you have to fail, or at least it makes their job easier if you look stupid. <laughs> yep. And so for a pack full of ragabash, ragabash I would be the plural. <laughs> um, Beautiful. Yep. 10 out of 10. It's, uh, <laughs> what's, what's better to do? Like, you know, be like the strongest guy and like lift a bunch of shit to get the boulder up or whatever to impress the elder or steal some of the elder's favorite shit and put it in your backpack. What's easier? easier. Or, or just make sure that when he picks up the weights, you've pulled all the safety pins. Also see also an option. (laughs) Actually, I actually had in a game. (laughs) I didn't get to run it, but it was scripted. Is I had a Fianna named Aaron Ryan, who um, was just going to be a f- irredeemable prick, just like the worst guy, right? In the set they were in, there was a weight room, mm-hmm. and I actually had written a scene 
where, you know, he's running at the mouth and he's pissing someone off and like you're doing the, you know, you're at the fucking, you're at the bench press, you got the weights going, you know, uh, you're, you're struggling. And so he pees on you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's an instant frenzy check but, right there. My oh, friend. absolutely. But like, you know, what are you going to do? You need to drop the weights and on your neck. Is that your plan? You're just going to have to sit, you're, you're gonna have to lay there and take it. Yeah. You have no choice. Or, 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 or frenzy and then use those dumbbells because now I'm 600 pounds heavier. Oh, it, it's and entirely that, possible too, but <laughs> just start beating you with it. But that was the, that was the class of human being that I had written for that story. <laughs> Again, we talk about characters who aren't villains, but mm-hmm. aren't, they're not good guys. No. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a job. Oh, really? <laughs> like Kane swipes at Moonlight? <laughs> you prick. <laughs> He's such an asshole. He's not. It was he, just a job. He's an asshole for it. It doesn't make him less uh, of yeah, an asshole. Why are, you, why are you taking things personally? It's just a job. <laughs> that, it, it, that was actually the scenario. Yes. Is, is the right. character Kane Swipes at Moonlight showed up um, as part of another person's pack. Yep. And he was just, he was a tired hand is really what he, all he was. And so a couple Chronicles later, they meet again. And Danny's like, how dare you? He's like, I don't even know who you are, sir. Oh, that job. I remember that one job that I did one day two years ago. Sorry. <laughs> See, and that's when you pull that line. Oh, that was the most important day for you. But for no, me, it was a Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> ah, nice. Rest in peace, Raul Julia. No, it just goes back to Jaeger Gorefist holds crutches. But it's funny how you're... <laughs> yes, I know. I'm, I'm using it. It's fine. Danny holds crutches. But yes, motivation. Uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about motivation here. Maybe yeah, too much about motivation. Maybe. Oops. But I mean, I think I think we've touched down on around, uh, touched down about a lot of things surrounding it too. And I mean, but there we go. You go back to making memorable characters. Mm-hmm. And I think since we're sticking with the and the guy inside right now, that's probably it's easier. Fine. You know, and obviously, there's plenty of ways to do that. Be that through, um, you know, name helps. Oh, names huge. You know, if it's if it's fun to say, people like to say it. They like the name. That's obviously going to stick with people. You know, uh, mannerism, voice work. I stand by those. I stand by those. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be some sort of great vocal talent. I'm not a great vocal talent. You just try. You know, you put you put the effort in. You'll get better at some. You get worse at some. And you're not signing up for a contest. No, but that's also I, why when we play game, it's a it's a very big deal on why we're actually on video chat now with CJ and Melissa. Oh, it definitely helps. So they can see that type of thing, but you know, it's, you know, you know, if your Irish character sounds a little Scottish, that it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, who's talking and it gives them extra personality. And that's the thing that matters. Yeah. Just keep the differences. So yeah. So when you're out there, don't worry about, maybe it doesn't sound great or maybe it's a, no one's look, no one's judging you. Right. No one's judging you. No one's, it's not a social commentary. It's not like if you sound like the Lucky Charms leprechaun, you're being offensive. You're not being offensive. You're making sure everyone knows that that's that character. Right. No one's to make, no one's making fun of anybody here. And, and also that prevents like you saying something out of character and people are like, oh, you said that? Did I say it in the voice? No. Right? Yeah, that doesn't even become a question at that point. Right. Hell, I, I endorse doing that as a player. Not necessarily, you know, I mean, you're at a six-hour session, and maybe I don't want to sound like a dwarf the whole time, but maybe do something different with your voice. You push it a little more. Hey, everybody, this is Porter. Hey, everybody, this is Porter. 
kind of thing. You know, that <laughs> felt weird. It <laughs> sounded weird. And it did. Like but I'm weird. just trying to illustrate something real quick without doing anything fancy is my point. Let's say you're about to uh, host a show of Knife or Death. No, I'm He-Man. Oh, even worse. For the power of Grayskull, you. Yo. Um, yeah, why not? Is the reboot from... <laughs> 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 oh my god <laughs> see now that has to stay in crap yep. <laughs> i told you to cut that and then that laugh happened <laughs> fuck good job fantastic had to follow up with the joke didn't i <laughs> breathe Danny. i'm trying <laughs> so yes voice is mannerisms important. right making sure they're different people in, in treatment also, you know, I, and I've talked about this uh, a couple times, mm-hmm. and there's two instances here, both involving the rabies and chains pack, is you go back to Into the Breach, you know, and hey, that was a postmortem episode that we actually published for everybody, yes. so you can go hear those, that four-part, those the early postmortems. Mm-hmm. Crazy to look back on those. Oh, so weird. But I talked about this this scene, and Strides, I'm sure you remember this too, where, where I was going to have whiplash lose his shit oh on wire yeah yeah and just yeah, beat yeah. this man near to death and i i cut the scene and, and it's fun because it was one of the the scenes that was in my brain when i wrote the whole four-parter mm-hmm. that i loved this scene but i knew that new players who didn't know these characters would yeah, turn right. their back on whiplash forever and it would poison that pack for yeah. all time if we knew who whiplash was beforehand this could have been written in right and knowing who Whiplash is probably should have happened. Oh, should have. But, but I, I understand yeah. why. Yeah, Again, I chose not to. This, this is our very first four games. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get why you couldn't do it. Right, because on one hand, you had the kindly older guy who was teaching you guys the ropes. Mm-hmm. And on the other, you had the fucking brutal psychopath who was teaching you how to break each other's ribs for fun. That was pretty good. Thank you. Who just turned on the old man and just starts beating the life out of him around a fire. Right. You're not going to be on the guy's side. No. But but a year later. A year later, knowing who he is, it would have been justified. Well, and, uh, yeah, and understanding the context of they've been pulled away from their home steps to help this guy with his visions, who was, by the way, going to send them out to fight while he sits around the fire. Mm-hmm. And suggests that four other Garu sit there with him instead of actually doing anything. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's totally justifiable, just beating him. You, you'll heal. Right. Shut up. But for brand new players, brand new Garu. Right. It's, it's <laughs> right, too right. far and, one-sided. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they were veteran players of the, the setting, I, I think they would have gotten it. But the characters, I think it was more believable that you didn't do that because if they've were veteran players, but their characters weren't supposed to be, their reactions wouldn't have been genuine. Right. Mm, solid point. You know, and that was the situation where it might not have been the right thing, but I knew it, and I and I, I just, I couldn't... I don't blame you for, for the decision you made. Yeah. And, and the other one would have been with Dempsey, is there's a Metis character that I have had three quarters completed, but have never used. Uh, Christian? Yes. Okay. Smiles Through Sorrows. Smiles through sorrow. Well, that was his real name. Okay. Well, his deed name. Yeah. But, you know, he was called Christian. Which was not even his real name either. Right. No, Deb Dan Dempsey 
had nicknamed him Christian because only, quote, a daft and impotent God would make something so pathetic. Such a nice man, Pat Dempsey. Well, but, uh, and that's the problem. But again, we go back to the very beginning of this episode. <laughs> right, right, right. We, we know how Fianna generally feel about Metis. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, this this is another facet to Dempsey's character. Very much. But you are going to lose all support for that character yeah. if you watch him bully this little Metis all day long. Yeah, especially us not knowing right off the bat. Which is why I've never used Christian in a game. Because it's like, I don't want to fudge that, so I'm just not including him. Understandable. <laughs> Completely understandable. Yeah. What's the thing I think people don't think about is that, you know, opinions will change. They have to. Well, certainly. But I don't think, you know, just because you have your audience now doesn't mean that circumstances, and circumstances should be changing for your NPCs. Again, we go back to we're not in cardboard town. Yeah, you got to make it as real as possible. People have shit to do. They are going to be off doing things. You know, your NPCs should be growing and changing. And also dying, by the way, as time goes on. <laughs> Nobody lives forever. Right. And it's, especially as a storyteller, and it's right, I'm sure you can back me up on this, it's hard sometimes to let go of an NPC. Oh, oh I totally get it. And the... uh season finale if you will one of my players was like and i see this person at the end right and i was like nope and i just left it gray and that player was so angry at me so that person wanted to kill off that npc no no it was her favorite npc just didn't make it i i I didn't even give her that much oh you (laughs) went the opposite way oh you son of a bitch so yeah, I mean, it was a final battle. Everyone had to escape, and uh, there were so many portals, and you didn't know where the portal took you. In fact, they almost didn't make it out of Pangea because they landed in Pangea. Nice. But uh, the other the other players, they didn't know where they went because there were six other portals to different realms, including Atrocity. So, you know, have fun. Right. You son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it's it. It's awesome, though. Like, I hate you for it, but holy shit, yeah. Man, I can't wait till you run another game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I sit in on as many of those as possible. Once you run again, you, you, you should probably play. If I have time, you know what? I would love to. Uh, that's always the thing. But that's uh that the, we'll put a pin in that for yeah, the that, future. That's a um, that's an off air conversation. Yeah, that is an off air conversation. But <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's great. I, I know in the Virginia games, uh, and there's more. I'll, I'll truncate this story. There was a uh, a story that was an attack on the Cairn. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this before, I think. At least, I don't know if I'm the air, but I know, Danny, you know a lot of this. Probably. Is I wasn't telling. I was helping. Uh, like I needed a break. So, you know, one of my players decided he wanted to try telling. He did like a six-part thing, and he wanted to end it with an attack on the... He wanted to end it with destroying the Cairn. I told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, because you spent the entire time... Right, like I'm the one who up. built all of this. You're not kicking over my sandcastle and going, okay, your turn. <laughs> But we, you know, we said, we'll do an attack on the Sep. That's the compromise. Mm-hmm. And so we went down the list of the NPCs and who's going to live and who's going to die. And, you know, we had the, we had, so we had our butcher's bill and it was like, we wrote these, uh, the idea was to write these vignettes. 
Oh, right. yes, 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 yes. Right, for, you know, just the pe- for the people who died to give them, like, a nice send-off. But you can't do it that way. Right, because then as soon as somebody starts to hear one, they know what's going to happen. So I we ended up writing vignettes for everybody. And by we, I mean I wrote, like, 90% of them, and he did, like, the other, like, three. <laughs> which is fine. I'm not complaining, because I had fun doing these. It's fair. And you've heard some of them, because I've mm-hmm. reused some of yeah, them. Yeah, so you've Because they're them. neat. <laughs> So you have to use a vignette for everybody, whether they die or not. Right. Well, again, to keep it, yeah. And and I incorporate this into my mass battle rules from from that on oh, because I love it when you do it that way. Right, because you get a you get a view of what's going on in the battlefield, add some extra flavor. But in this particular instance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm talking about this particular story. You know, we wrote these vignettes for these people, and you had you know you talk about the NPCs dying, and, and like Strides did. There, there's the character was uh, was Max Romano. <laughs> yep you know this one i do yep. it's my favorite that's why i'm bringing it up he he, shot. he had a little office in the cairn grounds little log cabin for him and you know the the, the enemy is aggressively attacking there are fomorian spirals there's a fucking thunderworm in the can in the bond jesus and he sees all this and he runs to his office and that's all you. That's it for a few few rounds. <laughs> oh no, strides you're gonna dig it. Okay. Yeah. Because again, I mean, I, obviously, you don't know who Max Romano is. You don't know his motivation at that point. But like, but they I do. do, and the players do. Well, they well, and they've known him is a mean, selfish, nasty motherfucker. Right. The whole time. I was gonna say, yeah, probably very selfish. So they see him running to his lodge house. They're automatically assuming something. So like five or six rounds later, might not have been them. Not the point. He st- I, he, we have the vignette. He comes out of his office and you can hear Sinatra's My Way playing on his record player. <laughs> He's got his fedora and a pair of Tommy guns. He steps out with the line, eat this, you cack-sucking McGillicuddy's. <laughs> And lets it rip. Yeah. They find his body when the battle's over. That's it. Yep. That was his, his <sighs> vignette. That was his send off. Yep. Was his pair of uh, Tommy guns in Eat This McGillica. Oh my God. It's so funny. But so you he, know, he went happening. down like a champ. Yeah. He went down like and, a champ. And, and, and again, just like him. You know, he was an old wise guy. Right. You know, his day, his long since passed. I was going to say, he was stuck in that era. Yep. He was very much. You know, he was a product of that time and that time alone. And I felt his final words was exactly what he would have said. And like the Chicago in Chicago yeah. 40 years ago. Yep. Like I said, stuck in that time. Yep. And would have it no other way. Did it my way. And so, you know, right? Like he went in there, mm-hmm. he poured himself a couple drinks. He made sure his guns were in proper working order. He got oh, his yeah. hat, adjusted his tie, maybe shaved even. I, I very, very much think so. Shaving, <laughs> maybe even polish the guns. Yep. Oh, yeah. He was, he was dressed to the nines. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. he knew. <laughs> yeah. He, he knew he's going down, and he knew he was going to take as many with him as he could. Yep. And so you get those last words, you, you move the scene along, everyone else goes, you never hear from him again, and then his body's just in the battlefield. That's a proper send-off. No one and, and, that's, and, and, and that's a good motivation. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go my way. Yep. 
so perfectly on point. Funnily enough, that character uh, exists in uh, other iterations, in other versions, and in fact, he was an antagonist in the. Uh, well, if it's a good Game concept, you know, that was an awesome concept. <laughs> yeah, I mean, reuse it, you know. And you know what? That's that's something too. Like, I mean, for my NPCs, I reuse all of them. You know, because I'll do a different reality or do a different yeah. spin on them or a different take or what happens if, right? But finding the voice of a character. And I don't mean finding the voice. You use when you voice them, you know. And I don't mean the voice you use when they speak, but who they are. Finding their voice um, is, is very important. And, and I want to look at Max as a great example because I had the damnedest time figuring out who Max really was for a while. I couldn't find his voice. Like, I knew he was bitter. I knew I knew he was mad that the world has passed him by. I, I knew that he was that old, you know, that old gangster in a world oh, yeah. that doesn't have gangsters. <laughs> Not anymore. Right. But what, what finally hit me, and, and the inspiration could come, you know, from anywhere, but I was watching Mad Men. You've mentioned this before. Well, I don't think yeah. I've said it on the air, but I know I've said it to you guys. And, um, you know, there's a scene, is one of the earlier seasons, you know, Don Draper's in his office, you know, being Don Draper. Mm. And, uh, you know, Roger Sterling, you know, played by uh, Jen Slattery. Roger Sterling jumps, just bursts into the office, right to the bar. <laughs> and he looks over his shoulder over at Don and he goes, you know, they stay when you start drinking alone, you're an alcoholic. Looking to avoid that. He pours two drinks and hands one to Don. Yep. Sterling. And it was that moment that I found Mad Max. <laughs> or that well Mad Max. That was his nickname then. Yeah. 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 That's when I found Max. It's like, okay, there it is. That's who he was. This is who he is today. And now I found that bridge and I have his voice. He was Roger fucking Sterling. And and now the world is this isn't the Roger Sterling world anymore. <laughs> he's that's and he's that so mad about it. <laughs> but yeah, he's still there and he wants it back. And he'll do whatever he can to get it back. Mm -hmm. I see it and I see why. And then we look at, yeah, you said it, like their voice. Not what they sound like. Right, but they're, yeah. And it, we go back to, and we look at the postmortem again. And with Jaeger Gorefist, I feel like that it took my, it took me up until this most recent episode of our postmortems to find his voice. To find his motivations. Yeah. And I mean, that's fine. You were brand new. So it was your first character, but you found it. Yeah. And now you know what that's like. So you oh, know yeah. the importance of it. Right. It's, it's so weird to think about because yeah, I've been playing it for how long already. And people who have been listening to the postmortems might see it as something a little different compared to what I was doing or vice versa. But in my own head, that is a brand new character now. You mean uh, Jaeger Gorfis? Yeah, Jaeger versus Luca. Right. Best way to put that, I think. Yeah, Lucas Grag Ripper. To <laughs> yes, to I heard Jager Bag Gorfis. Ripper. Scrag might as might as well have been. Yeah, pretty, the guy yeah. sucked. It sounds cool until you realize what it actually means, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's like when I wrote the Lost Woods pack. Mm-hmm. As if a preposition makes the mighty, <laughs> by the way. Nice. Good callback. Thank you. A shadow boxer, by the way. Uh-huh. Fucking. Badass. She's, I love how fucking witty she is. Yes. <laughs> is he because he lost in the woodpacks. 
as if dropping a preposition makes them mighty. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, but when I was writing that, like, I, th- I thought about that, too, when I wrote those shitty deed names. Mm-hmm. Like, Runs From Shadows speaks for himself. <laughs> right? Like, that's our, you know what that guy's about. <laughs> but then you get Cold Fire Calhoun. Yep. Right? Which, oh, Cold Fire, that sounds, does it sound neat? Does it? What do you think that means? Yeah. Let's dissect that for a second. Yeah. And that was the hour round. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. That is some embarrassing shit when you stop and think about yeah. it. Yeah. Ron Day Tripper. Well, that's a different. But it's, I mean, that's. A little It's different. a little bit of a code. Yes. Because it's like, okay, he's the Galliard. No. Does he really like the Beatles? No. <laughs> was he high a lot? Nope. Nope. Dude has not succeeded in a run roll since 1997. <laughs> They're just trying not to immediately embarrass him outright. <laughs> see, see, we're wow. suggesting he even trips over the daylight. <laughs> How do you trip in lupus? I don't know. He does it, man. You find the way, man. Oh. He's like Jurassic Park. Life legs. finds a way. I was going to say, you just have three legs. <laughs> I mean, there's that too, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had all four. There was no excuse. But see, there's another example, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, that one's a little hidden. You're right. But it's, it's there. That's what that means. Right. They are making fun of him in a way that most people don't realize. So he... I don't know, does he kill himself out of shame? I don't know what. <laughs> it's like if instead of Jaeger Gorefist, you were called Tripod. I was. <laughs> no, you were given, people were calling you that, yes. but like your official deed name. The official deed name? Well, I would have killed myself. <laughs> exactly. Jaeger Tripod, nice to meet you. Nope, nope, I would have, nope. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it made the character more memorable. And as an NPC, and as an NPC, yeah. maybe that would have been the thing. Probably. I might have done that. If it was an NPC. Yeah, maybe. like named Tripod or Limpy or something like that. <laughs> and then watch, because again, the uh, your NPCs aren't there to facilitate exposition. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not they're, waiting on you the entire time. Right. They have shit to do. They have lives. They have a function. So maybe you make that part of his arc. That, you know, your PCs are off on a mission. And they come home, and uh, Skippy. <laughs> there we go, right? Skippy. <laughs> suddenly has a new deed name that isn't making fun of the fact that all of his limbs aren't there. See, now that is cool, because it's breathing life. That life happened to happen. That's a weird way to say it, but it happened while you were gone. Yep. The world is turning, even mm-hmm. if you're not around. I like that. You know, well, hell, you you guys, um, you and Tom, mm-hmm. in in our games. I remember one of one of the earlier chapters. Well, I guess it was in it was in chapter. It was in hard and easy. Okay, but you guys witnessed an NPC in your sept go through his rank challenge. Ah, yes, yes. Remember Xander fighting Whiplash to to get to rank two. Uh huh. Like you were there to watch that. That wasn't yeah. necessary for anything. It's just it's the world turning. The, it was cool as hell, though. Right, life in the sept. And what? And what did you see? Not only did you see um, how those characters interacted, how Whiplash was making a point to fuck with Xander. <laughs> he could have won the entire time, but right didn't. Right, it was to first blood. So he's like, "I'm not gonna let you bleed outside." 
Yep. It's, all of this is going to be internal. I'm going to take my time with you, kid. You're a little punk and I don't like you. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, that's no, exactly what it was. I, I remember, and even after the scene, you know, because obviously Xander wins. He does. He beats Whiplash. Whiplash, accepting defeat, holds up Xander's arm to the victor. Yep. And then... As soon as everyone stops looking, Xander turns around and spits up pints of blood. <laughs> also, let's and while that was going on, Dead Man Dempsey was taking bets on the winner. <laughs> yep. And Butchers in the Shadows won the whole fucking pot because he had taught Xander how to beat Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, what you should have had is Whiplash there with like a sock and a bunch of, and a rope or a sock and soap. Oh, I'm sure that happened. <laughs> it could have other <laughs> times. Other times. Beat you with this, with this sock of soap. Just can beat you with it. Well, Why? Hey, you, know. you won't bleed. The, the point is, did that scene have to happen for us as the PCs to forward the game? No. Not at all. It had nothing to do with the the rest of the story. Not even a little bit. It was just really cool imagery, and it just shows that Sept is still living without us. And these are people who have shit to do and thoughts and motivations and lives in this shit matters. It's important when building your characters. Get out of cardboard town. Make real people as much as you can. And it doesn't mean that every character you create has to have a full backstory and hopes and dreams. This mm-hmm. is it, It's important to know where to separate. The waitress that took uh, your order in the last actual play, <laughs> I don't even know her fucking name. Uh, I'm sure I named her. I don't remember because I don't care because it doesn't matter because she's nobody. Right. The, the guy behind the counter was Mel. That's the owner because I was doing a thing. <laughs> and that's how I know that. Yeah. I don't remember which of the actual play episodes it is, but I look at, I was told to go get a beer and in front of me, two of the NPCs were playing cards and I looked at the player who's got his back to me and I see his cards and I, uh, Dave and falling leaf. There we go. Dave and falling leaf. And I hold up two fours because that's what he's holding. And I get a wink back. Do you think that fucking matters to the, the story? But it does matter for character building. It matters for characters, yes. I I think that was 4-1. <laughs> yeah, let's hope that. It's let's, aired by now. Let's hope so. No, by the time this airs, it will have aired. Because it's 4-1 or 4-2. Okay. Then yes. You, you, you need to stop messing with the time. Right. You know. <laughs> Here, here's one for you. Here's, here's one that you don't know yet, Strides. The avocado gag. That brings up uh, so much imagery. None of it good. It's it's gonna air, I think, next week. By Two the time weeks? this comes out, it's either next. No, week it's already or done. By the time this comes out, it's already done. I think it's four two. It, no, I know it's four two because it wasn't in four one, and I was looking forward to it because it's one of the very favorite things I've ever read. <laughs> yes, uh, I promise I'm, I'm you. I'm laughing like, over here, just trying to figure out what. Oh, just part of me doesn't want to know. No, it's, no, it's fantastic. I, I won't tell you because it's going to be funnier for you to hear it. Right, right, right. Don't don't spoil it. Yeah, I won't spoil it. But there's, you know, um, and I guess what I'll say about that 
without saying anything about mm-hmm. it is it was and this is why i loved it so much is is it was an example of a ragabash being a ragabash without being an asshole yes it it was it was somebody it was a ragabash character playing a joke and being funny without it being like oh i replaced not, your shampoo with nair yeah, or but not a jokey smurf right thing. It, it was a kind of a kind of a joke that no someone would have done this. Yeah, and not only that, but the scene around it shows the dynamic of the rest of that pack. True, very true. And how? But the thing was, is yeah, it was the attempt was the the, the goal was mm-hmm. for it to be funny without being disruptive. And that's the best way I think I can put it. It was still a little disruptive. <laughs> not to the game, though. Oh, to the game, no. That that's a good point. Yeah. To the it was in the world happening, yes, and it was funny in the circuit. Hopefully, in the circumstances happening, you know. But it's not a player going. I'm playing a ragabash. So I'm going to steal this man's shoes. That's being disruptive to the game, probably. Right. You know, <laughs> or, or trying to steal everything that's not nailed down. Right. Like that's all right. Great. <laughs> you know, well, I'm going to mess with the salt and pepper shakers. Like that's kind of cliche. Yeah, <laughs> that's very cliche, you know, and, it, and it, you know, so I wanted to do something that was hopefully funny, but they would find it funny. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that would get your ass kicked on a normal day if people were acting properly. <laughs> it, it was an irritation, <laughs> but again, it, it was very much world build. Yeah. And again, I, I took it more as not just the ragabash joke, but. The pack dynamic. That was my favorite part of it. Which is nice. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with La Magnifique so far. <laughs> Which is weird to talk about the actual play as we're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know, I like that pack. Uh, strides, what, uh, what do you got for us? I feel like I've, you know, I feel like I've been, uh... Oh, you know, as far as in motivation, I feel that it always needs to be a variable, but especially in a pack, the motivations of each character need to somewhat mesh within that pack as far as in NPCs in order for it to work and be realistic. You know, sometimes I feel that you do get that carbon cut cardboard with that. And it's easy to do as a storyteller because a lot of times like you, you have a pack here or a pack there that's really only there for one or two arcs maybe and then that's it and so it's 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 difficult to get everyone fleshed out to give them their their time in the sun um but listening from from you it's always good to have a, a scene or two in the background that kind of establishes that pack's motivation way how they work together and how they function and i think that goes a long way of fleshing out the world no i, th- I think you're absolutely right and, and i mean you can do you can say a lot with a little if people are paying attention. And I, and I don't think this is a scene that I've ever written. I, I don't know, but this is what's in my heart right now, right? Is you could do an example. And you know what? I'm going to use La Magnifique as the example just for fun. Sure. You know, like if you had, a, if we had a scene in the next actual play, we don't. This scene is not, does not exist currently. <laughs> this is not a spoiler thing. I'm just making this up. Where like, you know, everyone's at the cabin and pizza's ordered. Cool. Right. And everyone's getting their pizza and 
suddenly breaker, you know, Mia, Mia Jawbreaker, she she reaches over and just pulls the mushrooms off of Bodie's pizza. Just pulls them off his slice and puts it on her plate. <laughs> now that says a lot without saying fucking anything. I was say, it can it, it can it can go a lot different ways too. Well, and but but you hear what I didn't say. I didn't say that he reacted negatively or he said what the fuck or any Right. No. Because if he notice that's well, I mean, yes, he noticed. Okay, I mean, you're going to notice. There's no, but you know, right, right. Pulling toppings off, so that's an intimate fucking act. You don't just reach over and pull toppings off of, you know, a werewolf's pizza. You don't do that to anybody, (laughs) man. I mean, you have to have a close fucking bond, right? You know, there's a there's a personal relationship there. If you're reaching onto someone else's plate and removing a food item from it, several of, and in that case, I think the implication is Bodhi doesn't like mushrooms. It's not that because Mia's not a jokey, tricksy person. No, you know, she's not playing pranks. He doesn't like mushrooms. She likes mushrooms. She's going to take the mushrooms off his plate. Now, now in a normal, you know, people might pull their mushrooms off and hey, can I have your mushrooms? That's a normal thing. Yeah. But to just reach over and do it, that says a lot without saying anything. Right. And especially like somebody like, let's say characters who may not know them. Right. That opens up two different avenues. Is there something going on between the two of them? Or is this just the pack functioning normally? Exactly. Functioning pack. And so the paranoid conspiracy theorist player would be like, oh, whereas they normally might not. You know, it might make something more of it than what it really is. Exactly. Either way, it's it's giving life to it. It's giving, you know, we're out of cardboard town. And it does. It opens up those kind of thoughts and discussions. It's definitely a personal relationship, regardless of how, right. of which way you're going yeah, it, there. It speaks that they have a very, you know, mm-hmm. one way or the, yes, one way or the other. Where, but at the same time, if you didn't include that little blurb of a scene that I just made up right the fuck now, <laughs> it wouldn't take away from the overall plot of a story. No. But it gives... It gives so much life. You know, with, I... With saying... Yeah, with the, without saying anything. I, I go back to um, the Virginia Games, the story Kids in America. The short version is, is that pack and the Silver Star pack got the day to fuck around. Cool. You know, it was just a social game. It was one of these tomorrow. You guys are all fucked. So enjoy your day because this is what you got. Okay. And it happened to be Halloween. Cool. So you had the silver star, the alpha and the beta Xander. <laughs> I remember this setting sun <laughs> and Shalassi rising sun already twin deed names, mm-hmm. right? They yeah, show there's up already a relationship there just by the names alone. Dressed up is Little Red Riding Hood <laughs> and the Big Bad Wolf, <laughs> complete with, with with Xander having a, a collar, a chain of collar that Shalassi's Little Red was holding. Now these NPCs oh. were having sex; they were fucking. No. Yes, and this is what they chose. Like how transparent and foolish that was. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew they were together, but, but they had been that, the whole time. But yeah, like after seeing that, they probably did. Yeah, tell us you're banging without telling us you're banging, <laughs> right? 
side note, the PC still didn't put two and two together. Which they is, didn't find out for another fucking Chronicle and a half. Oh Way to go, Danny. No, no, this no, was this was this was before Danny. Before this is Virginia me. games. Uh, uh, no, I'm still claiming Danny. Well, That's there fine. were <laughs> there, there were the versions of them in our game were a little different, but not much. But we still figured it out. Yeah, they, yeah, they were still. <laughs> Look, those two, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's just how they're written. They, they have a thing. <laughs> but, oh. you, but you know, to have that Halloween costume choice, how fucking... On the nose, can you make it? Right. And, I mean, it was done. I did that on purpose. Like They, they were so wrapped up in themselves and, and so arrogant yeah. that they were being clever. No, no, you took a break to go screw in the woods in the barn and no one noticed. That's nobody noticed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that did, that's not going to end well. Oh, the reversions. Let me tell you. But but I mean, again, it was another example of giving your your players, giving you know, um, more of the world and more info about these NPCs with these little details. I mean, the devil can be in the details. I mean, it is and it isn't. It's not your right to think, but. You can say so much with it with doing very little, but you just, you have to be mindful of it and who these characters are, who these people are, who you want them to be, where they're going to go. I mean, ring the bell. It's an excellent final thought. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. We've been saying it since the very beginning. Well, we stopped for a we while. I stopped we? for a little while, but yeah, we're, we're, we're making it a point. It, I, I'm glad you brought it back for me. Well, That's how I see it. Thank you. Well, good. You know, so we're <laughs> well, much like you know, dusting off your uh, your guest host trunk and letting you out. You're not going to show me back in there, are you? Yeah, we'll talk. At about least it later. give me well, some. At least give me some cheez-its this time. Cheez-its. Well, I was thinking beef jerky, but if you want cheez-its, just tell us you'll be uh, available soon to get you back on. Sure. Once I'm done with all this stuff, I'm doing. <laughs> Hey, we, we all know about busy, but you know, we hope you're, you know, we hope you don't be a stranger. It, it's been far too long. You know, it's, it's great to have you back. And, um, I mean, I've had a fucking blast with us. Oh yeah. We, we, these discussion ones are, I mean, yes, there's, there's a lot less on the, the research part of it, but there's so much fun to do. Well, also it's, it's nice to not have to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, yeah. <laughs> We were fucking busy too. We're, we're busy fucking, yeah. We fucking, there's a times at a premium, man. Especially now that I'm writing for game again. Yeah. Which, oh man. I'm excited. It does take up time. It's, it's difficult because, like I said, Porter and I talk almost every day. And then there's times where he's like, he's got to say something about the game, but he can't tell me because I'm in it. Right. That, that sucks. Is I, I don't have. Yeah. You know, it's like the people I would normally go to are the people who are in the fucking game. Yep. So, so what you need to do is uh, you need to go to Danny and be like, "Hey, Danny, remember all those discussions we had? I need you to put them in practice. I need two weeks. Go." <laughs> and, and have Danny write something well, for a two-parter <laughs> or something. Oh my god! There, I, I could say there is a a piece here and a piece there that I did have some prior information on 
but I couldn't use it in game, so I just kept my mouth shut and didn't say a goddamn thing and pretended like I know nothing. Because again, Danny knows stuff. Ricochet does not. Right. But, but that's know, that's I, a, that's a sign of a good player, though. No, oh, exactly. So you, you know, know you, I can't fault you for that. Yeah, character and player do not have the same knowledge. And while we're at it, the players and the NPCs, and we've talked about this before, don't have access to the fucking books. Yeah. <laughs> See, so you'll hear stuff like, well, how come they, well, because they didn't read Book of the Weaver. That's why. Right. Fucking, because no one knows this exists because they didn't read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, but, the, but this Gita Fenris, this Gita Fenris is 16 years old. Right. He's been in the nation since he was 12. He can barely fucking read. <laughs> No, he doesn't know about the upper echelons of Pentex. Right. He doesn't know what Pentex is. He thinks it's a tampon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Did he get the lefts or the rights? And you know what? He's got to do the thing where he puts his hands out with the thumbs to figure out which is left and which is right. Uh, how to read a map. Right now. Oh boy! By the way, you can't see it. I'm sticking my thumb to the right and lifting up my middle finger. Nice, nice. (laughs) That's how you remember. That's how you remember. (laughs) Wow! All right, I think we're done here. All right, (laughs) it's been fun. No, yeah, strides. Thanks for coming back, man. This is this has been super cool. Yeah, we'll have to do it some more. Maybe, uh, you know, next time I tell you I'm about ready to start writing, maybe you, uh, you know, you help me flesh out some ideas, you know, like you used to back in the day. I would fucking love to. You know where I am? I'm on, you know, you can always find me on the Discord and so can the rest of you. You just go to our website, right across the internet, dot com. Dot com. Dot com. (laughs) Link to our Discords there. It might also be other places soon, too. We never finished that discussion. Okay, well, we'll, we'll discuss it then later. <laughs> yeah, that's a later conversation. Might also be other places. But yeah, join us on the Discord, and you too can talk about Werewolf with all of us and pick our brains and shit like that, but absolutely, Strides. Fucking, I'm excited for it. So how, I, many, how many games do we have going on now? Shit. Six, uh, seven. CJ's got one. Mel's running Changeling. Ghostpaw. I, I, I can't I count. think Gangrel. I'm assuming Gangrel's taking that, but there's there's a new one budding. Um, I'm just saying, y'all got a lot popping off on that. Another on the one or two and, either just finished. There's there's, there's a we, lot. We we host games, yes. If, if <laughs> uh, that's all I was pointing out, you know, especially if someone's like, "Well, I don't have anybody in my area." That's don't really have an excuse. You know where to find them. That's true. Absolutely. You could easily find a game, maybe join one, run one. Who knows? Yeah. But we we like to we like to host those. Absolutely. We like to hang out at the REI Presents to certain certain games. Strides got an REI Presents. Yes, he did. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Strides being one of our very first. Yeah, you've been with us since the very beginning. Yeah. One of the very <sighs> first fans, one of the very first backers. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for all of that, by the way. You know, I mean, you know. Oh, I know. I love you guys. Like, uh, you know, distant relatives that uh, I don't see very often or need to see more often. So, right. The kind that does that, like, we don't have to get you presents on holidays, which is super cool for me. (laughs) 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 Oh, (laughs) all right. (laughs) 
Oh. Thanks again, Strides. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a Thanks blast. Thanks for having me on. We got to have you back again soon. It's, it's ridiculous that it took us this long. So that's that's on us. But hey, uh, on behalf of our dear friend Strides, I'm Danny Tyson, the missing Thomas Dixon, you know, CJ Bell, and myself. Thank you so much for listening. You know, come back soon. Uh, you know, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, keep your claw sharp. We're at this level. I'm feeling less stable. <laughs> uh, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs>